Hi, everyone. Just a note. In this episode, we describe what the term alien means in the immigration system. While it is technically a legal term of art, we want to stress that it also is a way to institutionalize the dehumanization of non-citizens in this country. No human is an alien. If you want to talk about that group of people, we suggest a handy word coined by our friend Arturo Castellanos, a doctor of juridical science, who invented the word show six to refer to non-citizens. We'll post a link to his work in the show notes. Now, here's the show. Muy bien. <laughs> I don't know, Daniel. I feel like I've already licked most of the salt off of this drink. Yeah. And I, I've drunk most of this drink already. I feel ready to record. I'm loose. She's loose, folks. <laughs> Stop it. Her words, not mine. Oh, my God. Good We're evening. starting. Good evening. It is. <laughs> Probably the morning that you're seeing this. Yes. It is Cinco de Mayo. It is. When we're recording this. Yes. It won't be that when you hear it. Certainly not. But we are here on Cinco de Mayo, and we are here to set the record straight. About Cinco de Mayo. Yes. And a variety of other foolishness. Yes, that will come. <laughs> we will set the record straight about those two. We're doing lots of record setting straightness. Um, so yeah? <laughs> I don't know. So uh, as I said in season one, this podcast is really about social justice and putting the mission forward. Listen, guys. This podcast is not about social justice. This <laughs> podcast is about alcohol. They can be mixed together sometimes. Social justice is not ever mixed well with alcohol, I don't think. I don't know. I feel like a lot of our college classmates would disagree with you. Fair enough. So here's the thing. Megan has the facts. I have a lot of facts. About Cinco de Mayo. And I have the opinion about Cinco de Mayo. And I'm just going to lead with the opinion. Here. You're going to lead and then we'll go to the facts. <laughs> we right. will go to the facts, which will then back up my opinion. And my opinion is that if you are one of those gringos... Okay, white people. Especially in the United States. Who is in any way Republican or... Don't he, I mean, listen, Democrats do it too, man. Yeah. It's up and down. There's but, but no most, party affiliation most especially, here. Most especially, I'm, I'm singling out a particular group here. Okay, that's good. I think you should do that to our listener base. Yes. <laughs> if you are one of those white people who believes in quote-unquote Southern pride or believes in uh, people having the right to display the Confederate flag, and you also celebrate Cinco de Mayo, I would like to say to you that you are an idiot. Look at the irony, you guys. Just look at it. First of all, the because majority of the I land bet, used to be Mexico. So let's just set that record straight. I would straight. bet that you don't know that the whole reason that Cinco de Mayo is a thing, not the whole reason, but a large part of the reason that Cinco de Mayo is a thing, is because the events of Cinco de Mayo helped prevent the Confederacy from winning the war. Okay. Just so you know. Just so you're aware. So anyway, if you're going to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, we would encourage you to listen to the set of facts that is forthcoming and embrace the reality that Number A. Number A. Right. Number one, Cinco de Mayo is really about Mexico being able to stand up to Europe and succeeding. 
in that way, militarily. And it's also, in an American context, about the Confederacy fucking losing, which we wholeheartedly support. You kind of sound like a like angry radio politics guy. I am angry. Are you a radio politics guy? No. You kind of are on this podcast. Thanks. You're welcome. Are you guys ready? To- <laughs> Megan has the facts. I'm ready. I'm here with the facts. Okay. Cinco de Mayo means the 5th of May in Spanish. Um, it is annually celebrated on May 5th. Amazing. So the date is not, it's not Mexican independence, you guys. That's September 16th. That's different. It's a different thing. Yes. People think it's the Mexican independence. No. No. Okay. It is about the triumph of good over evil, yes. not so about independence. It's, a, it's when the Mexican army defeated the French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in yes. 1862. So right at the beginning of the U.S. Civil War. Yes. Because that was 1861 to 1865. Mm-hmm. four years. Correct. Under the leadership of General Ignacio Zaragoza. And the Mexican force was a lot smaller and the French force a lot bigger. And it really boosted the morale of the Mexicans. Yes. And then Zaragoza died a long time or shortly after the battle. A year after the battle, though, this is the kind of downer part. The French force defeated the Mexican army at the second battle of Puebla, which is not celebrated. And then Mexico City soon fell to the invaders. And that's when Maximilian I became emperor of Mexico. Yes. And that's why when we were in Budapest, Mm -hmm. we were having all these dishes that had... Paprika. Paprika in it, because paprika is native to Mexico. Oh. Fast forward, like, uh, a couple of years. Actually, truly one year. In California, the celebrations began on commemorating Cinco de Mayo in 1863, which was one year after the Cinco de Mayo battle occurred. And then it gained nationwide popularity 120 years later in the 1980s because of advertising campaigns by beer and wine companies. Yes, yeah, so just like... And so it begins. Just like all the holidays in America, this is really about advertising and capitalism and not really about anything. And people, like a lot of people really think it's just a drinking holiday. But really, even though it wasn't about Mexican independence, in the United States, like the Mexican-American community has really embraced this as being the like celebration of Mexican culture in the United States Day. Right. Which I think is excellent and awesome. So even though their Independence Day is like months from now, like four months from now, many people have the wrong idea that this is their Independence Day. It's not. But it is a great day to celebrate Mexican culture in the United States because they are so intertwined. And it is a great day to celebrate the Union winning the Civil War. (laughs) It's true. It's both. Por que no los dos? Por que no los dos? That was a very gringo accent. Usually you say it differently. Por que no los dos? There we go. We were in Spain you this last that? year, and you can really do like the doth, which is... Zaragoza. Zaragoza, or you could yes. not have the lisp. Thank you, Megan, for giving me those facts that I did not even know that you had. I knew you had facts, but I, I did not know that you I had, had all those facts. I did. Yes. Speaking of facts, it is a fact that we are drinking margaritas. Yes. I actually had a craving for them, forgetting that it was Cinco de Mayo. So I texted mm-hmm. Daniel and said, I want to drink Marg's tonight. And yes. he was like, oh, perfect. I was like, why? And he was like, well, tequila is made in Mexico and today is Cinco de Mayo. Obviously, this is a stereotypical thing that we are doing. I'm not saying that you should do that. I'm not saying that that is not necessarily the appropriate thing to do. I really wanted Marg's though. But sometimes you just want a Marg. And sometimes... And you guys, I'm just a bartender and I will make you one. You guys know why I wanted a mark? Why is that? Because I finished 1L. She did. I graduated from 1L. Yes. I'm very proud of myself. That was a long year. 
So even though we still have a little bit left in season two, I am officially done with my exams and I'm happy and I'm drunk and the world is great. It was very rainy today, but otherwise the world is doing okay-ish. Congratulations to our listeners who can now feel 33% confident in what Megan is saying. That's right. I am one third of a lawyer, you guys. Yes. And I wanted a mark, God damn it. And I got one. She fresh did. squeezed lime juice and everything. You got to do the fresh squeezed. It's all about. It's so good. All about the fresh There's squeezed. nothing bad about it. We will post a recipe on our Instagram page. Feel free to tinker to your liking because everybody has different desires when it comes to margaritas. Um, you made blood orange ones before. We've made blood. We've done clementine. We've done blood orange. You can do grapefruit. You can do mango. You can do anything you want. Whatever you want. Um, as long as you're having margaritas. Okay, so listen, we're doing an international law case today. We are. And I really, I had a couple on deck that I was like, oh, these would be good. So this is one of them. Right. But because it's Cinco de Mayo, I looked through my notes. I was like, oh, we have a couple of cases on Mexico. Maybe it would be good. They're all really, really depressing. Yeah, it's not, it wouldn't be good if we did that. Well, just like the United States either wins, which is like a bummer, or like someone is like tortured to death and there's nothing there's no, like, it's just sad, and I didn't want to bring that to this scenario here. This one starts sad, but it ends, like, badass, and I love it. So are you ready, Daniel? Are you what? ready? We're going to travel to Paraguay. Oh. And listen, folks, I did not pick this case because I think all of South America and Central America are the same thing. They're very different. But this case was on my lineup, and it's very interesting, and I am excited to bring it to you. I am excited to hear it, so let's do it. Okay, this is the case of Filartiga versus Peña Herrada oh. in the Second Circuit of the United States. Filartiga. Mm -hmm. In 1980. 1980. Oh, recent-ish. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that was 40 years ago. God, that was 40 years ago. I hope our parents don't listen to this. They're going to freak out when they hear that. Oh, God. So this case all revolves around a United States law called the Alien Tort Statute. Aliens! Aliens! But it's different than what you think, Daniel. Aliens in international law mean just people that are not from the country that why, you are talking why about. Why can't it be about aliens? Well, maybe I can find a space law case. and then we Yeah, can do that. I want to do space law. Space law looks really cool. I did go to one meeting of the Space Law Society at they my school. They have a space law society? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So this statue was actually passed in 1789. Damn. So like. Old. Yeah. Very beginning One of, of the United States. One of the first acts of America, period. Because it makes sense, though, because so many people that were like coming into America, like there weren't that many Americans at that time, if you really think about it, especially since they weren't considering any of the slaves to be citizens or women, probably. So a lot of people that were coming into the United States were non-citizens. Right. So what happens if some non-citizen gets into a bar fight with you at some pub in like 1895 Massachusetts? Mm -hmm. was seven, yeah, whatever. And shoots you in the face with a pistol. Can you sue them? They're not beholden to your laws oh so you're saying that all the tort laws that america had at that time did not apply to people who were not citizens don't put words in my mouth i don't know that 100 percent, but this statute enables you to bring a suit against somebody who is not an american citizen in the united states wow. for torts or even acts that occurred outside the united states oh but that person is now in the United States who committed them. Wait, so James could punch me in England and then he chases me to America and I can make him arrested? Yes, you can make him arrested. Wow, <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Cool. So, listen. I'm listening. The Alien Tort Statute grants U.S. federal courts jurisdiction. We talked about how important jurisdiction is. To adjudicate allegations of torts committed in violation of international laws. How did they know what the international laws were? Because they had international laws, Daniel. Were they just customary? Yes, but they're still laws. Mm. Customary international laws are just things that are like normal for most states and maybe have been written down somewhere. That's all it is. So that means mainly, I would say James punching you in the face wouldn't count because that's not necessarily against international law. But if James committed an atrocity or a human rights violation against you. Yeah, but how many James do you know that committed an atrocity against me versus punching me in the face? I've been punched in the face by like seven Jameses. Ah, That's all in different countries. That's a lot. Um. I feel like a lot of Kings James would be candidates for committing atrocities. Wow, that I didn't even realize that parallel. <laughs> That's so true. Okay. Okay, so it is a form of your so jurisdictional. No, universal jurisdiction. Okay. So remember when we talked about international law? I maybe mentioned that there are lots of different types of jurisdiction. Yes. One of them is called a universal jurisdiction, which is like, this is bad no matter where you go. Like, this country right. may not have signed on to this particular convention condemning, like, genocide, but, like, you can still, like, any court anywhere can try you for genocide. Like, this is like a law, this might as well be a law of humankind. Yeah. So, like, I think it was Denmark... Denmark or Belgium or the Netherlands. I think it was Denmark. One of those for a while was just like trying to like bring all these different war criminals into their courts because they were exercising their universal jurisdiction and they wanted to be like the new bastion of like international I'm sure all the countries of the world were very thrilled about that situation. No, they didn't mind. They're just like kind of small potatoes. Yes. And so they were like, what are you doing? Like, how are you going to enforce what your judgments are like it's not really gonna work because you you know you're small so anyways so this is the statute that's at play here because remember this case Filartiga is in the second circuit of the united states almost no court applied this statute until 1980 so they waited like 200 years after what they was first... the point of it why would they do why would they have it you gotta ask a historical knowledgeable person i thought it was like Men for piracy stuff. Yes, that was mainly what it was written for. Think like Pirates of the Caribbean and like other shit that went on in the Atlantic Ocean. I got to play that a lot when I was in sixth grade orchestra. Yeah, because um, because pirate pirates were often aliens. Uh, yeah, and and uh, they were breaking international law all the time, all up all in the high the seas and everything. I can yes. tell you about the law of the sea, Daniel. I had to write about that on my final. Okay, so this case, Pilarcio versus Peñarada. Yeah, was, who are these people? Okay, who are they? So here are the facts. We're starting in Paraguay, 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 whatever you want to say. So a bunch of Paraguayans were opposed to the government of President Alfredo Stroessner. I'm thinking he's German. Sounds not Paraguayan. But, you know, so many of the Germans fled Germany. I try not to think about it. And then they fled to South America. Again, I, I try not to think about it. So I feel like he was one of those guys, Strassner. Okay, so a bunch of Paraguayans were opposed to him. And those are, you know, basically representative of the plaintiff's belief. So the plaintiff is Dr. Joel Filartiga. And his political activities and his beliefs against the government led him into some hot water. Okay. With the president and the party. Unsurprising for uh, South American dis- dictatorships around this time. Yeah, so then... 
there's this other guy, and this is the defendant. Peña. Peña Yarala, yeah. So Americo Noberto Peña Yarala was the inspector general of police in Paraguay. So he was basically oh. like, I guess, Was there a police. disappearance that happened here? No, it's actually kind of sad. So we're going to get sad first, and then we're okay. going to get so much better. Okay, so Peña, in like an attempt to quell Dr. Vilartiga's political dissent, mm-hmm. Um, tortured and killed his 17-year-old son, Joelito. So that oh. really sucks. And that's definitely a bummer. And then he was like even more of a dick and presented the desecrated body of the 17-year-old to um, Filortica's daughter, Dolly. Mm. So that would have been like the sister of... So he the, was trying to send a message. Right. And so then she was threatened by Peña. So then a couple years later, right? Dolly. Dolly's our hero, by the way. The little sister of this poor guy who got really brutally murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Just know anybody in your life named Dolly is probably your hero. So good. Dolly Parton. Dolly Filartiga. That's so many Dollies. Never already. known any other Dolly, but those two are great in my opinion. I feel like if we ever get a dog, Dolly would be a great name for a yes. dog. Yes. We're making a pact right now. It's on tape. Uh, okay. <laughs> if I say yes to a golden, it has to be Dolly. I accept. Excellent. That's guys, that's a contract right there. Do you see that? Acceptance. Consideration, everything. Also, I can't believe I forgot this while recording, but Dolly Madison. She saved a bunch of White House artifacts from British attack. What a lady. All right, here we go. So Dolly, she moves to the United States. So Dolly moves to the United States. Like moves, moves? She's on a tourist visa. Oh, okay. So she's she's just here, kind of. Yeah, except for I think she applies for... So she gets here on a tourist visa, which yeah. is like easier to get than really sure, a lot of, of other visas. And then when she's here, she starts applying for um, asylum, I think, because this is like all during the dictatorship in which right. her father was threatened, she was threatened, her brother was fucking tortured and killed, right. all this stuff. So, so she's trying to make her way in America. Yeah, she's like, I got the fuck out of here and go somewhere where I feel safer. So then she is in the United States. She actually moves to D.C. Oh. And then... Where we are. Where we are. And then separately, and not to her knowledge, bad guy Peña comes to the United States. Oh. Daniel, where does he move? That was his first mistake. It really was his first mistake. Well, I think his first mistake was torturing and murdering a 17-year-old boy. I regret my choice of words. (laughs) Daniel, where if you were a um, human rights violator moving to the United States, where would you think to hide out? I feel like I would move to like Tennessee or some shit (laughs) where the Confederates are. Oh, God. You're really against the Confederates today. I don't like the Confederates. You know that you grew up in the South, right? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) So he moves to New York where you can blend in and just. Did he move to Brooklyn? He did move to Brooklyn. Oh, no. (laughs) God damn it. And that's where you normally live, isn't it? Uh, well, maybe not. Before anymore. Corona, that's where you live. Uh, I lived there for a good month and Six a half. weeks. And then you're like, oh, gotta go. Bye. Catch the Rona. All right. So then they get here separately at different times. And, you know, he was here undocumented. And oh. he was working undocumented. Wow. Which is fine. Whatever. Do what you gotta do. But then Dolly... Unless you're like a major ass criminal like that. Yeah, unless you like tortured and killed people. In which case, stop being at all. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I... well said, darling. <laughs> okay. So Dolly in DC, she catches wind that Benya is in the country. Do you mean someone farted it to her? 
No, that's crass and disgusting. Thank you. <laughs> Dolly catches wind that Pena is here. She finds out. Yes, that's another way to say that she catches wind that uh-huh. somebody is here. Uh-huh. Sure. And she's like, oh, hell no, sir. I came here to escape you and your evilness, and now you're just here? No. But, Get the fuck out. But maybe at the same time, she has a little bit of like, oh, hell yes, I'm coming for you. And she does. Because we didn't get any justice back in the homeland, but I'm going to get some justice in America. That's really beautiful. Do you think that's that's like part of the American dream, maybe? Maybe not every American's dream, but certainly hers. So she calls what was then Immigration and Naturalization Service, INS, Uh which then became later in the 2000s ice uh, oh like no. probably my least favorite government Boo, ice but this is the one time where i'm like yeah if you tortured and murdered people then i don't really want you to be here so, i mean it's sort of like almost like the point of what ice is for like maybe i should be going after more criminals and fewer you know just people who are trying to live lives yeah maybe we should look to this as an example of what ice could be used for so dolly Brave little lady. Yeah. She's living here documented. Yeah. But, you know, she's still not a U.S. citizen. Not at all. And so for her to call INS is probably pretty scary. So then they arrest Pena. Oh. She gets him fucking deported. Okay. So in between him being arrested and like the presumptive deportation, he was taken to the Brooklyn Navy Yard area, which I guess is like a holding place before. I don't really know about the Navy Yard. So. While he was being held there before deportation, yeah, Dolly's like, I'm making my move, motherfucker. Right. Now- the time for revenge. You Not only are you in the United States, but you are in U.S. federal custody, and I have you right where I want you. Yes. I'm going to avenge my brother and the shame you brought to my family and the fear you brought to my father, and I'm going to fucking sue you. And so she does. Amazing. I love Dolly. Amazing. So then Dolly. moves. So she files. She sues him because she's suing him. It's civil claim. So it's under a theory of of tort. Okay. In the federal district court. Okay. For her brother's wrongful death and torture. And she asks for $10 million. Get the money. Daniel, how much was $10 million in 1978 when this happened? That is a whopping nearly 40 million dollars Dolly, get your bag dolly get it get your bag which is awesome 40 yeah. million bucks yeah lit sad that it had to be for her brother for the way that it was and probably very just and could never amount to what she lost right still fucking baller okay so she brought it in district court. I think it was in the southern district of new york yeah you would think so because of brooklyn yeah and they dismissed it They dismiss it because they were like, we don't have fucking jurisdiction here. Remember season one, episode two, jurisdiction, Penoyer v. Nuff. You got to have jurisdiction. You have to have authority. And 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 they were like, you are both foreigners. This did not happen on United States soil. You have no jurisdiction. And they're like, bye. Right. So then she appeals. Okay. She appeals up to the Second Circuit, which is where... You know, Court of Appeals, yeah, right? Great. And she's like, no, we're going to dust off the old volume of the American tort statute or of the alien tort statute. <laughs> it's ATF. And we're going to bring that sucker back to life. And that sucker says that you can sue in the United States for a tort or a wrongful act that was committed by somebody that is against the laws 
of international law. And so the Second Circuit heard that and they were like, you got a point there, Dolly. Okay, so what'd they say? Okay, so the Second Circuit was like, listen, the American, I keep saying American tort statute. The alien tort statute was a part of the Judiciary Act of 1789. Right. Remember Marbury versus Madison? Same act. Same act. It had a whole bunch of shit in there. They were just log jamming it full of stuff. Log jam, indeed. And like the United States Constitution was like, the only court we're going to set up is the Supreme Court. And we're not even going to really set it up. We're going to tell you about the one justice, the chief justice. (laughs) The chief justice, all you need. (laughs) Otherwise, you figure it out. You got it. Truly, the Constitution only says you need one justice. (laughs) Very strange. But they were like, Congress, listen, you got to handle the rest of the federal courts. That's up to you. And so Congress is like fucking on it, dude. 1789 Judiciary Act. Freaking omnibus bill. Right. It's got so much shit in it. Why did they put the alien tort statue in there? I don't know. So they passed this statute, which allowed jurisdiction, even if. And so she, so she's dusting off like a quite literally two hundred year old law. Yeah, it just like truly like maybe a it's couple like times. in SpongeBob. It's like two hundred years later. Yeah, that's exactly. It's like right. that. And here comes Dolly Filartiga being like, you're deported, but I'm going to sue you for $40 million in today's money and dust this whole thing off and use it. So then the Court of Appeals was like, you might have suffered a blow in the lower court, Dolly, but Dolly, we are here for you. Okay. And they say, as long as you properly served the like notice of process that this was happening. You need to have that as well. As long as you did that shit. You're good to go on like checking off the procedural stuff to get into this case if you're right. going to use the alien. Tort so did statute. they send it back to the district court? Did they? Yeah, demand? but they had to say a couple things first. So okay. one of the things that they said is like, OK, what the fuck is the law of nations? We're going to set the record straight here for the Second Circuit. That's probably a good idea. So law of nations just means international law. So the Second Circuit says not only are we going to count treaties as international law. Right. We're also going to count customary international law as law. So like things that like most Everybody nations agrees does. on. Yeah, yeah. So like torture, genocide, human rights Crimes violations. against humanity. War crimes, right. child soldiers. All the things that America does very well. Except for the child soldier part. You don't know. That's true. You can still sign up for ROTC when you're like 16 with parental consent. That's what I'm saying. So then they were like, but we're also going to count like the works of jurists. Which like is judges? Ju- judges and legal scholars. Uh. Who like write about shit. They're like, that also counts for international law because it's kind of customary. You know, it's like still what most people agree on. Right. Like I mean, most- if, if legal scholars in America and Chile and France and China and uh, Paraguay all agree that murder is bad, mm-hmm. then you would consider that to be international law. Yeah, exactly. The law of many nations. Yeah. And so then they also went on to say, we're also not just going to like, because I'm sure the defense raised this for, mm-hmm. for Benya, where they were yeah. like, well, in 1789, they maybe didn't consider torture to be a problem as like an international law. Right. Because like they might have been like, oh, torture works for us. This is the best method that we know for getting information. I mean, like truly, if you see. Say- but here's the thing. I don't buy that because like in the Constitution, we we passed the Constitution in whatever year, 1781, 1780, sure, sure. some 17-8 blank year. And it's still the law of the land today. Just because the law is old doesn't mean it's not the law anymore. But there is like, so we actually talked about, well, I had to answer questions about this on my con law exam. There are different ways to interpret the Constitution. So you have right. like originalism and you have textualism. So originalism is like Scalia school of thought. Textualism is like, it's Fuck like, that, dude. you know, 
Kind of like the Bible. Like it is only as it was written at the time and that's it. We're not going to include any intent of the framers, but only the words that are written down. Right. And originalism is like, we're going to include the intent of the framers at the time that it was written. Right. And then like other people that are like, it's a living document, you motherfuckers. It was intended to be broad so that it could apply to many different things right. and evolve with society. So here, the court is saying international law, specifically the alien tort statute, which mm. is, I guess, not international law, but interprets international law. Yeah, applies it. Applies it. The courts that are using it have to interpret international law not as it was at the time that the alien tort statute was enacted in 1789, but as it has evolved and exists among the nations of the world today. Right. So even though torture might not have been like a big deal back in 1789 when the alien tort statute was passed, right. it's a big deal in 1980. Right. So and that makes that makes sense with the with the intention of the alien tort statute, right? The, the intention of the alien tort statute was, you know, to bring non-citizens namely pirates, under the purview of American laws mm -hmm. and legal theory. And that core idea does not have an expiration date. Right. Like, you know, bringing, bringing foreigners under uh, American power is possibly the most American thing that you can do. Oftentimes not in a good way, but, you know. And so then the court, like, also backs up their reasoning saying even the UN like the this isn't all the stuff in the UN so the UN charter from the 1940s when the UN was started guarantees human rights and international freedoms it's non-binding but like still a really good rule of thumb and then even further like along the universal declaration of human rights includes mm. a right to be free from torture right and then comes the declaration on the protection of all persons from being subjected to torture that was in 1975 so really close to when all this stuff was right. happening so basically they're saying like Dolly has like a bunch of stuff supporting her right yeah. now. Yeah. And actually, in that declaration, it says where it's provided, the victim shall be afforded redress and compensation in accordance with national law. Oh. So even the like declaration. So it actually goes both ways almost. Well, I mean, it has to, right? Like yeah. there has to be this like commerce between international law and, and domestic law in order for, especially yeah. in the United States, which is a dualist system, like it doesn't apply international law immediately. Right. It will only do it if it is incorporated into our national legal system. Mm -hmm. Like it, it has to be able to have these conversational openings between international Wow, that is really fascinating. Yeah. The Second Circuit ends by saying that, you know, from its very beginning, the Judiciary Act with the Alien Tort Statute said that district courts in the United States have original jurisdiction, meaning that the case can start there. Right. Over all causes where an alien, meaning a non-citizen, sues for a tort only committed in violation of the law of nations. And having established that torture is in violation of the law of nations and having established that Dali Filartica is not a, a citizen of the United States right. and she's suing for this, it is totally fine. You've checked all the boxes. There you go. You got jurisdiction under the statute. Good job, girl, for applying it well. She must have had a very creative lawyer. I'm very proud of her for that. So then the Second Circuit reverses the judgment that right. the trial court had dismissed the claim and sends it back. Okay. Um, and so then in the trial court level. On remand. On yes. remand. Do you want to know what happened? I do. Okay. On remand, Dolly gets $10.4 million. Cha-ching! That's amazing. $10.4 million. If it was $40 million, our money today, that would what be like $45 million? I will friggin' tell you. $41.17 million. What a baller. That's yes, so great. that's so good. 
So I have to say, after this case, yeah. a couple of years, well, many years later, you have two other cases. One of them is Sosa versus Alvarez Machain, um, which said that, you know, you can only use alien tort statute for egregious crimes, which is still would have counted under. So not the James punching me in the face situation. Right. Damn it, yeah. James. And so, and then even further, it was limited. The, the ATS was limited by a case called Kyobel versus Royal Dutch Petroleum Company, mm. which actually would have killed this case, or Dolly's case, had it been a rule back then. Oh, wow. Which said that um, it can't apply to acts that were committed outside of the United States. It mm. can only, you can still be an, a, a, a non citizen and sue somebody, but it can't be for an act that was committed outside of the United States. And the court there was like, well, there's nothing in this in the Alien Torch Statue's text that is enough to overcome the assumption against extraterritoriality, which is like extraterritoriality is like it has to be outside the United right. States. So, you're like, there's nothing that's a lot, it has to be, or right. that it cannot be. So Dolly wouldn't be able to really win on this today. Right. But she she had her day in court and she won. And she got her fucking bag. 100%. That's awesome. Yeah, we love Dolly. She's a hero. You don't often get uh, positive outcomes such as those. Yeah, especially when the United States is involved in international law. Yes. But in this one, they did a good job. It's very rare. I know. Let us praise this rare occasion where... The U.S. government did something good. And also, it is Cinco de Mayo at the same time. <laughs> you don't get that very you often. Really you don't. don't get Americans oh doing good God. things on Cinco de Do Mayo remember, very often. But we have provided that for you. And I think that that is an important public service. Do you remember when Trump posted that picture on Twitter a couple of years ago, like the first year of his presidency, where he was like, happy Cinco de Mayo? The what do you say? The taco bowls or the burrito bowls in Trump Tower? No, I. You know, I don't. I don't remember anything that Donald Trump has ever done. That's a good idea. I just choose not to for my own health and sanity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But this is a hopeful case, even though it was smashed later. Yes. Megan, I have had very much to drink as have i daniel i am drunk what me too what can't you do according to case law i feel very confident in my assertion that you cannot torture and kill someone the hundred percent don't you can't do it feel super you can take we normally would say that you can't take legal advice from us but you can 100 percent. you can take that legal advice to the bank you cannot do that well listen you can but you will be in hot water. If you shouldn't. You are an alien and another alien commits an egregious act against you within the United States, you can sue them under the alien tort statute. I'm pretty sure that is the law. According to case law. And finally, I don't have You don't have a finally thing further, Your Honor. Oh, is that do you rest your case? I Rest my head on the couch yeah, because I am nighttime. tired. It's nighttime. <laughs> it's nighttime. Oh, we had some good drinkies today. Yes, we did. We had a good time. We hope that you had a good time. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Drunk Law School. If you did, please uh, subscribe to our show and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts of five stars. It really helps other people find the show. You can also email us. Megan, what is the email address? It is drunklawschoolpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, you can 
follow us as well on Instagram. We are at Drunk Law School. You will find on our Instagram page various drink recipes, Mm -hmm. funny legal memes. Oh, God, I love legal memes. Leems. Pictures from behind the scenes of our production process. Mm -hmm. That's right. Finally, last but not least, I just want to say that if you enjoy this podcast and you would like to support us, you can go to anchor.fm slash Drunk Law School and give us some dollars for our beer money bowl. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like liquor money because I don't really like beer. You know, it's a thing. If you go to someone's house and you enjoy their company or their alcohol, you put some money in the beer bowl, put some money in our beer bowl, we'll appreciate it very much. We love a beer bowl. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. I hope you enjoyed it. Happy end of 1L for me. Happy end of 1L. We hope you are all staying safe and well in your isolation if we're still there by the time this comes out yes and signing off with this week's moment of zen here it is dolly if you're listening to this get your fucking bag girl hello this is asmr stop it stop it